Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break podcast. Hi, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today I have a special guest, Anita Croker. I met her on Instagram and we have something in common and that is homeschooling. And I'm going to let Anita introduce herself and tell you a little bit about herself. Go ahead, Anita. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so um, I'm originally from Germany. I've been living in the States, um, now in Colorado, for five years. And um, I have two kiddos, two and five at this point. So I was an elementary school teacher all my career. I always loved engaging with young minds and seeing them learn, um, provide some activities for them, hands-on. Um, I really, really loved that. And then, um, yeah, there was kind of like two converging lines that led me to homeschooling. On the one hand, I figured once I was a mom, I um, experienced that um, I couldn't be as much with my kids as I wanted to. Hmm. Um, our days typically look like that I left the house with them at seven and then we went to school, did all my classes, and then the afternoon my husband picked up the kids and then uh, we were home by five and then, of course, it's dinner and then after dinner, maybe an hour or so, and then I had to put them to bed. And I figured, oh, that's so sad. I feel like I'm missing out on on their development. I'm missing out on um, what's going on in their lives, um, who they play with, what's, um, yeah, what's their day like. I, I really felt like I was losing that connection with them. Right. At the same time, being a te- yeah. At the same time, being a teacher at school, I um, I noticed more and more that I couldn't help my students as much as I mm. wanted to. Um, I know I have met so many wonderful teachers. I I truly believe that all the teachers in the public school systems are really giving their best. Um, I just felt I was constrained with my curriculum and with the time that I had and with attention spans of the children. Um, Again, I was in elementary school, so, you know, having my first graders um, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm like, after a full day of school, like, there's not much going into their brains. Um, So, yeah, these two lines were just converging, and I'm like, oh, I'm not as happy as a teacher as I used to be, and all the teachers know that the most important factor is the home environment. Mm -hmm. So... I was thinking too, like, oh man, I wish I could actually help parents more to pro, uh, prepare their home environment so the kids are actually 
more benefited by learning at school. So these two things and thoughts were going on in my mind. And then I finally uh, made the decision and I quit my teaching job uh, last year in May. So it's been, yeah, it's been not even a year yet, but I just, um, I'm just embracing being home with my kids more and um, just loving that we have a lot deeper connection. There's more peace at home. They're more, much less cranky. I love that I get to choose and um, I'm in charge of, of their education and, you know, I can plan activities for them. Right. So, and um, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, you've really answered my first question, but we'll go over it a little bit more. But I also have a teaching degree and I I felt the same when I began homeschooling my children was I felt like I wasn't seeing them all day and they were going from school to activity to activity and then I was missing out or their needs weren't being completely met from the school even though the teachers like you said they're you know they're giving it their all but they do not yeah. have mm-hmm. the time to individually prepare lessons for each child in the classroom yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey to homeschooling, which you kind of have, but if there's anything Mm. else you want to say about that. Yeah, I think every family is unique. And um, if you you feel like, you know, working is great for you as a mom, I've known some moms that really, um, really love being outside and doing something different, um, right? You know yourself and your family best. So um, I'm advocating for just taking ownership of your kid's education. Mm. Um, So, yeah, for me, that looked like I really felt like I want to stay home with my children. And then I actually... Um, went through a little bit of an identity crisis of like, you know, who am I now? I'm not a teacher anymore. Well, actually I am, but not in the, not in the right. traditional sense. <laughs> so um, I figured, you know, I actually want to go beyond my home and also encourage other homeschool families and other moms um, on their journey. So I think that's yeah, I think, so good. That is so yeah. great because, you, you know, and the thing is, we ultimately are, whether we put our kids in a private school or a charter school or a public school or homeschool, we are responsible for their education. Nobody yeah. else is. It is really our responsibility. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't choose something different than homeschooling. I'm saying that if you keep that in mind... And whatever you're doing right now, if it's not working for your kiddos, then mm-hmm. it's time to reevaluate. And I know with mine, uh, especially after we adopted, just going into the school system, cold turkey from being in another country and speaking a different language and reading in a different language and mm-hmm. having all of those effects of trauma on our, on our kiddos, it just was, was not for them. And being at home and attaching and feeling secure and learning how to be part of a family, that was more important at that season in their life. And it just turned out that I ended up homeschooling for the rest of their academic life until they got to college or did other training or did other things. Mm. Yeah, and I think that actually brings... um um, yeah, emphasizes the point, your story, that education is so much more than just academics. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's about character building. It's about habit building. It's about shaping their worldview and their identity. And that happens no matter where our kids are at. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it does happen. Um, it's just a question of how much we are aware of it and how much we are kind of guiding it into, into a direction that we see, um, yeah, that, that we see fitting. So, yeah. I think that's a very good point. Well, I'll go ahead and ask this question. Then after that, I'm going to like ask another question that's not on here, but I know you'll be able to answer it. But why is this topic relevant for parents? Um, yes, I think it is so relevant because, um, because our kids are learning all the time and, um, we want our, the best for our kids and it's important for us to know what they're surrounded with and what they're learning and what they're influenced by. And all these things will in the end shape who they are and who they become and what they think and what they believe. Um, a lot more than, you know, us like explicitly saying, you know, whatever, I believe in this and this or, um, but it's, it's a lot more, um, hidden or, um, more, yeah, more, more unaware maybe. So, mm-hmm. um, right. I think that's why it's so relevant. Um, how many, you know, how many parents have I known that, you know, when the teenage years comes, they're like, I don't know my child anymore, you know, um, mm-hmm. because they have just grown apart so much. And, um, you know, just being aware that, you know, every moment or everywhere I, I send my kids, it's shaping my children. And just to be aware of that and taking taking that ownership. In the end, you're, you're the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher is doing what the teacher is supposed to do by curriculum and by all these things. But um, um, it's your job to still know what actually are they learning and what are they not learning. Um, yeah, just, just to be aware of that and know that. Well, I think, yeah, and you kind of really answer my question, but it's just, you know, for young parents who are, maybe they've never even thought about this before. Maybe they've never thought about, you know, what do I want my child to learn? What kind of character building do I need to address? What kind of things do I want them to, when they graduate from high school, what do they need to learn how to know? Like some of mine were like cooking basic meals, doing laundry, being able to keep a house clean, whether you're a boy or a girl, and those kinds of things that are not academic. Some young parents, I'm just saying, like, what would you say to them if they've never, never even thought past the the academic part of this, part of life? Yeah, I think... Um I think sometimes, um, you know, we criticize the schools for for not teaching our children like really practical things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, as a teacher, I was also very, um, <laughs> I was an English language teacher mm-hmm. for the kids um, who didn't speak English at home. So I was told every lesson has to have a real life connection, right? Mm. So um, we, we kind of know that that's so important and that, you know, that real life is more than just what I learned in math class at school. Right. How many things, you know, do I actually use from what I learned in school? Mm-hmm. Um, so real life, yeah, real life looks looks different sometimes. And, um, you know, teachers in public schools are trying to catch up with that. Um, and they're putting a lot of effort in doing that. But um, it's a lot easier 
to just um, bring your kid to real life. Exactly. <laughs> to try, like I did as a teacher, to try to bring real life into the classroom. It's like, hey, no, let's just, let's just, you know, you you kids follow me. You know, when the kids are young, take them shopping and mm -hmm. teach them teach them money, teach them how much, uh, you know, how much the items cost and how to sum and how to get the change and um, um, whatever you're doing, you know, like, Just, uh, you know, take your kids along, whether it's whatever you're planning for for a project in your home, um, renovating something, or you have a baking project, mm -hmm. or you're helping volunteering at a place, or whatever it is, that is such a valuable real-life experience that, um, that kids will actually learn, like, really hands-on, experience it, instead of just doing worksheet after worksheet mm -hmm. and learning it in theory. Right, right. And I totally agree. And I think that one thing that parents need to consider is like, you have the power to form your own family values and culture, and mm -hmm. decide what is important to your family, and then pursue those things, whether it's like you said, volunteering and serving maybe at a food pantry, or, you know, baking cookies for the neighbor, Or, you know, whatever is important for your family, even academically, because one of the things that several of my kids like to do because they learned from me was to write, to write short stories, to write articles. And one of my daughters published a couple books and, you know, things like that. So what is your family culture? I'm not saying... Um, absorb what mine is or absorb what Anita's is. What is your family culture? What's important to you? Is it, you know, Boy Scouts? Is it, you know, you get to decide. And I think that's so powerful. And so many parents just go through the motions of this is what society says we have to do. And then, like you said, then they're disappointed that their kid didn't learn this or they didn't learn that and they didn't learn that or they don't know how to shop. They don't know how to order food. They don't know how to go grocery shopping. Well, decide what's important to you. And then you could even just make a list and say, these are important to me. I'm going to do these things. Mm -hmm. And like what yes, that's what I love about that too. Yeah, and one of the things that I've noticed about you on Instagram is you're very hands-on. You like to do these kinds of things that are hands-on, and your children learn through that. And I was the same way, and we had certain specific habits, like we went hiking on a trail once a week and did nature hikes, and we dragged all these books with us to... Even though you could do it on your phone, they wanted the little books to look up the flowers, look up the plants. And, you know, you get to decide what you can, what your child's education is. Even if they're in school, you can take the time after school to decide what else is important besides the academics. So anyway, mm. I'm getting off topic. But anyway, what are three, <laughs> what are three things you think parents need to know about homeschooling? Yeah, I think the first, my first point was what we already covered, that learning is not just academics. Mm -hmm. um, especially when they're in school, it's so easy to focus on the grades or final projects or facts. But um, I like to see the kids like a computer. So if mm. we, um, on a, in a computer, you have the hardware and you have the software. Now, mm -hmm. when the 
hardware is having problems, then it's not so easy to put on the software or it's updating forever or you run into all kinds of problems. So building the hardware of our kids' brains is really the most important job. Um, and now those those things are like their habits, um, their self-value, how they, you know, how they see themselves, how confident they are. Um, yeah, all these things. And mm -hmm. then it is actually... Um, just putting in another software, um, for example, learning another subject or starting with, I don't know, like another language or just um, learning some more facts is actually just, um, yeah, just an upgrade, so to speak. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think as parents, if we focus on really building the hardware, then that's a really, really good foundation. Um so yeah, that was my that was my one point, and um, my second point is we've also touched on that a little bit. Is that there are so many wonderful benefits to homeschooling, and homeschooling doesn't mean you have to be home with your kiddos all alone all day. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources out there, especially nowadays since it's becoming so much more popular, of homeschool groups, of curriculums, of um, like groups that you can join, maybe hiking groups or book clubs or story time or, you know, whatever it is in your area. Um, but I especially love the deep parent-child connections. Mm, I love yeah. that we can learn by interest and in our own time frame. Um, so many kids at school I've noticed um, struggle with being constantly compared, mm -hmm. right? It's always whether, you know, we try not to do it as teachers, but it's just happened so naturally to be compared to um, everyone else. And at home, um, it's so much easier to compare on, wow, you really put a lot of effort. And I can compare maybe to what you have done before, but I don't compare you to, to any other kids. Right. <laughs> so um, I think that really helps with motivating and learning and um, also just taking the kids' uh, interest, what questions they have. Usually they have so many questions. My five-year-old is bugging me with all kinds <laughs> of things. How can I move my elbow? And uh, all these things, right? Right. Um, yes. Then learning the life skills, we've also touched on that, which I think is a huge part. We want our kids to be ready to actually live um, in this world, right? To actually be able to live when they move out. Right. Um, and with that together is actually the time efficiency. If I think about, oh, I think kindergarten was my, um, personally for me, was my hardest to see them sit for so long because mm -hmm. they're still so young. Um, right. Yeah. Usually um, what, you know, the school day in public schools takes, what, six, seven hours or something. Mm -hmm. But at home, you can... Um, you can squeeze that learning into a lot more time efficient uh, chunks of time. Mm -hmm. So you do have the time to do other things um, while your kids academic work is still done at the same level um, as if they would go to school. Right. So, um, yeah. And then the biggest thing, I think um, what, what you also mentioned before is the biggest benefit is that we can instill our values um, I once heard a saying that said, if you send your kids to Rome, they will come back as Romans. Mm. So, right. we just, 
it's just it's just the truth so we kind of um you know if you choose for your kids to be in school um then you know do some research when what agendas are being pushed or introduced in schools what you know i'm not saying all is bad just you right. know just find out and find out if those messages really align with what you want your kids to know or or you know what you want your kids to learn and um yeah what you can do if it doesn't so yeah really right. um really many many benefits and <clears throat> there is more i'm not going into all the details right. but, it would uh, take it would take us hours to cover all i mean days to cover all the benefits and i was just thinking about one while you were talking it's like one of the other benefits is we can teach our kids what they want to learn. And I'm not saying like you just go out of the box and say we're only going to learn about science. But you can, I know with one of my kiddos who is very, very interested, obsessed in cars and engines and all of that, we did in high school, he did a year of engineering all about cars. And he could tell you know, he still can tell me the name and make of every car he ever sees, what kind of engine they have, and all that sort of stuff. But in the if he were going to the public school system, he would have had to do whatever science they were doing. Now, of course, you have to find out and make sure that the curriculum that you're covering meets the standards of your state or whatever. But other than that, you have freedom. You know, English is English. If you're covering the parts of speech and writing and all of those sorts of things, you can really go out there on a limb and say, hey, we're going to write essays about the American Revolution because that's what you're interested in. So there is that freedom. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And so is... There anything additional that you would like to tell the audience about homeschooling? So I think, um, in yeah, for for a parenting, the connection to our kids is really the foundation. Hmm. And if we have that bonding with them, if they're attached to us, and we are inclined to their hearts, if we take the time to know them to have fun with them, to find out what they're passionate about, mm. what makes them scared or or laugh. Um, I think that is really the foundation to have that strong relationship. Right. And um, then all the other things will fall into place. Um, um, yes, I mean, we will still have parenting struggles, but mm-hmm. um, we it's kind of like a really, really nice foundation. I've seen that with my children um how that changed now that I'm home and spend that time with them um and that's that's beautiful to see and then um you know on top of that you can build um you can build academics you can build the habit training you can build um yeah all all other kinds of things right and I agree and I've heard it from so many moms who started homeschooling after they had pulled their kiddos out of school and said, oh my gosh, I'm really getting to know my child for the first mm-hmm. time. And it's almost That's as beautiful. if we don't take the time as humans to examine the culture that we grew up in. Like, okay, so who at some point said that children need to be separated for, from their parents for this amount of time every day? And to be in a separate building, you know, we know there are reasons for that, 
But does that mean that we have to do it the same way? No, we don't. Now, obviously, like you had mentioned before, some women have to work outside the home or prefer to work outside the home and there are, there are obligations that they have, but you ultimately can choose. Mm. You can choose yeah. and you can make the choices that best fit your family and connection is so important, especially you mentioned the teenage years. Like so many parents get to those teenage years and say, oh, my child's so rebellious and they're this and they're that. And obviously we all have parenting struggles. But when my kiddos were teenagers, it was like we got to do all of these fun things together we got to read all of these books and discuss serious topics, and they could ask all the questions about everything that they didn't feel that they could ask somewhere else. They could ask at home. And don't we want them asking us? Don't we want them discussing that instead of getting false information from a peer who doesn't really know anything about that topic? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Yeah, very true. Uh So there's that benefit as well. Yeah, and... mm. Go ahead. Oh, yes, I I just thought about um, one thing. Usually, when I talk to other homeschool moms or um, moms who are interested, and it was my own um, very concern as one thing that we think that kids can't socialize when they don't go to school. Mm. So, um, yeah. (laughs) That was a question I got more than any other question, especially when I started homeschooling. I had one person, one teacher ask me, what about academics? And we were good friends. So I explained to her my curriculum and she was like, oh, that's great. You're, you know, that's good. But I always got that question, what about socialization? And the interesting thing that I found over my 20-plus years of homeschooling was the kids that I met that were homeschooled were better at socializing than the kids that weren't because they were, and you have to make this choice, obviously, they were exposed to a variety of age groups and community projects where they got to meet Um, Like one of my daughters had a a grandparent she adopted in a nursing home, and we would go meet him. Um, Every couple weeks, we'd go visit him, and we actually ended up having to go to his funeral. But it was like a life thing for her. She learned a lot about. But she socialized with people who were senior citizens, and she socialized with people who were her age, and she socialized... And my kids were like in community plays at the local university. They were on swim teams. And, you know, so they they had plenty of opportunity to socialize. But one question that I ask parents is, you know, when it comes to socialization, if you were a child again and you were put in a classroom with people that you didn't necessarily want to socialize with, would you want to be there? Because as an adult, we choose who our friends are. We choose who we want to invite over to our house. I don't have to invite all 40 kids from my fifth grade classroom to coffee just because they're my peers. We, We get to choose who we are friends with, and we teach our kids that too. But we also teach them 
to socialize with people from other cultures by exposing them and taking them to different events so that they get to talk to people, learn about different cultures, learn about different ways of living, learn about different age groups, and not be freaked out because somebody is either in a wheelchair or 90 years old. They get to learn those things. So anyway. That's beautiful. Yeah. I also think um, I think we, sh- we should ask ourselves where this assumption comes from that kids have to go to school to be socialized. Right, exactly. Like, that is the true question. Like, why right. do we think they have to do that? Because um, if we look into the history, too, it's a pretty new thing. Um, you know, not for... It's just been um, different for a long time um, until we kind of thought, okay, maybe we should all put the same grades and the same age groups together in a classroom. So, Yeah. I, right. I also agree that um, socializing can happen even better at homeschool if you, if as a parent, you provide those opportunities, of course. But there is plenty of opportunities, um, and you can choose what fits you and the interests of your children. So I think that's beautiful. Right. And the thing is, this, like you said, this idea of socialization in a classroom is relatively new. And it can also backfire on you because my husband always jokes with his employees, you are not here to socialize, you know, you are here to work with the young college students and high school students that work for him. So it can become ingrained in their idea of what the culture should look like. We should always be socializing. No, we shouldn't. There's a time to socialize and a time not. So let's wrap it up here. And let me ask you where people can find you and what resources you have to offer. Yeah, so um, I share about my homeschool journey on Instagram. My um, my tag is Aspen Tree Nest. So I chose this because we have this big aspen tree in front of our house. Mm. So our house is kind of like a little aspen tree nest. Um, and um, I'm also hosting the Homeschool with Heart Online Summit, um, January 29th to February 2nd. Um, I interviewed 15 experts and homeschool moms who share how we can help our kids learn better and homeschool and parent with confidence and peace. Um, The attendance is 100% for free. Hmm. And um, there's lots of parenting topics, um, but there's also homeschool moms just sharing very practical tips from their own lives about um, how to set goals for your homeschool, what we can do if kids have big emotions, how I can... um, yeah, educate multiple um, children with different age gaps, um, all these things. So, um, yeah, um, you can sign up on my webpage, which is um, aspentreenest.com. Um, yeah, I personally have been super blessed by all these different speakers, and I can't wait to share that with all of you. So, again, my, um, my webpage is aspentreenest.com. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Anita. And we will make sure that I have these links in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're really interested in that summit, um, I will have it in the show notes along with her website. So thanks for joining me today, Anita. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource 
and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.